Hello, I am Mark Tucker. And I am Alan Furstenberg, and we are... Two Voice Devs. Two Voice Devs. Hey, Mark. How's your hey. week been? It's been a good week. Lots, yeah. lots going on. Oh, tell me about lots going on. Um, but, you know, one of, the, one of the, the really highlights of my week so far has been that um, we, were, we did a, a takeover of Voice Lunch this week. Yes, we took over. And that was, that was really fun. You know, yeah. we had a, a, lot of, a lot of really good questions of, um, you know, from designers and former developers and, you know, a bunch of other people just asking us a, a whole bunch of questions about what we do with voice. Yeah, and, and some of it was just like uh, our experience as developers, um, you know, over the years. Um, you know, I've, I've worked with, on bigger teams and smaller teams and, and startups and in you know, more established companies. I don't know. What, what, what about your experience? I mean, you know, I've worked on teams ranging from, you know, groups of military and contractors mm -hmm. to, you know, big companies to where I was a team of one. <laughs> Yeah, um, I've been the, I've been the team of one before too. You know, so it's it's a it's a pretty big spectrum there. But yeah, those were some of the the more interesting questions that we had, and, and maybe today let's talk a little bit about you know the teams that we've worked on and what's worked. And I'll be honest, I've got stories about what hasn't worked. Um, <laughs> yeah, definitely, uh, definitely stories of things that that haven't worked. Um, sometimes you you hear it say uh, say that oh I, I wear many hats. Um, which is, is really you know, a way of saying there's different roles on the team uh, that you play. Some of those roles are, are full-time roles on a team. And sometimes it's, you know, I'm, um, you know, stepping out of what I would typically do maybe on the development side and really focusing on testing. So maybe I'm putting it on my testing hat, but I don't know. And in your opinion, what are some of those hats that, uh, that teams have? That, that's a good question. And, um, you know, so I think, First of all, and what this is one of the questions that actually kind of came up at Voice Lunch was uh, what, what's at the top of the structure? And, you know, we don't, you and I always talk about the developers and the designers. Those are the two roles that we talk the most about. Mm -hmm. And we occasionally talk about testing and QA, but we almost never talk about the project manager or the program manager or, yep. you know, the person who is responsible for talking, you know, shepherding everything along and, um, and kind of talking to the client. So, so when I think of roles, that's probably the role I think of that is, I would say the second most overlooked role, probably the first most overlooked role would be the tester. Um, yeah. Which is, it shouldn't be as overlooked as it is, but yeah. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> You know, so thinking about it, you know, we've got uh, testing and QA, um, the designer, the developer, and then a, a program manager. Right. Um, and then, you know, ultimately, of course, you also want to be bringing in your, your operations people because this, whatever you're doing is going to have a life beyond creating it. There's the running it part. And that's an important role that, that again, is, uh, you know, is often kind of overlooked. Yeah, so this isn't a role that we're going to talk. I don't think we'll talk. End up talking a lot about because um, I think we'll spend most of the time on the on the ones that you've mentioned. But in an agency like uh, where I work, there is stuff that happens before a project happens. There's the, you know, 
working with people, um, you know, forming relationships with uh, people in the industry, with uh, you know, people from Amazon, people from Google, um, from from other places, and um, and thinking about overall strategy or how voice, is, you know, where voice is now, where voice is going. So more of the the, the strategy side of things. Um, and, you know, and if, uh, on, on an agency, when a project comes in, there's, you know, people that have to help figure out what the budget's going to be, what's the staffing. So there's, mm-hmm. there's a whole um, strategy and, and operations Calculate. side of things. Yeah. That's, that's, um, that's something that, that's, that doesn't apply in every situation, but it does in a, in a, a you know, voice agency, like where I work. Yep. And I think also another role that I, again, I don't think we're going to talk much about this time. Um, is in for a lot of projects or in a lot of cases, you're also going to have a sales or a marketing person yep. who, you know, if you've created a, a skill or action and, you know, operations now has it out in the world, well, who's marketing it? How do you get people to come into it? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a, a crucial role. And bringing them in to the whole process before it's kicked out to the world is an important step. Yep. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, and I, I think all of the, you know, some of these are certainly roles that are important. I'm not sure how much we'd really talk about them though. Yeah. Yeah. You, you kind of think about, oh, there's a developer and we're creating this, uh, voice app, but there are, there's lots of other, you know, roles that have to happen. And, and sometimes you're, you help, like, you know, sometimes I'm on a call with a client and we're talking about, you know, technical feasibility about things and, so there's there's times where where I see that front and center, but there's other times where they come back and like, okay, we need X number of devs on this project, and you know how are we going to do staffing, and you know who's working right. on what right now, and and that's something that I don't really need to get involved with. There's a lot that happens behind the scenes before it gets to me to say, okay, you know, we're we're really going to do this. This is you know, one one of the things this this suddenly makes me think about is you know if you're looking at the credits for a movie. Yes. You know, you know, modern movies and they just keep going on and on and on. And you're like, so, so what are some of these roles? You know, so there's catering. Yeah. You know, catering now gets credits in a movie and the payroll department gets credits in a movie. And on one hand, you're like, really? That, you know, but then you think about it and you're like, well, yeah, you know, this whole thing wouldn't, you know, wouldn't run if, mm-hmm. you know, you didn't have lunch. Yeah, if somebody wasn't uh, getting the funding and paying the bills, right? right? <laughs> so you know there are there are all of these other things that go into making a movie, making a skill or action, you know, that's part of the creative process that you don't mm-hmm. really always think about as part of that creative process, but it's just as essential in some ways. Yeah, yeah, and you're you, you know some some of those roles are shared with the like if you're working. Uh, for a client to do something, you're like, um, we need, you know, what is what's the artwork that you want on the in the the store? Right. What's uh, what is the link to the terms of use and privacy policy? Have they been updated for voice? Have, oh, you know, legal. I mean, there's a total yes. uh, right. Legal, definitely another episode or four. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they'll charge by the minute. Right. Um, <laughs> no, that's an excellent point. You know, and in some cases. You, you know, the client has uh, various other requirements, like, you know, it needs to run on their machine, 
or since it's using their APIs, it needs to be in a container that's run on their premises or yep. permissioned in a particular way. And this is where developers talking to operations, talking to the client and the PM yep. coordinating all of this is so important. Yeah, and 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 there is there's a lot um, you know we we have a lot of times weekly meetings with our clients and you know giving status of where things are you know this is you know outside of any type of methodology that we're using yeah you can see the the scrum board and the backlog and stuff but there are still you know things that happen outside of that that um, that you know you might have to get okay's from other teams or uh, this change requires some functionality and some module that is needs to be updated by some completely different team. And so there's, you know, coordination that has to happen on that. Um, so there, there is something that needs to keep the, the, you know, kind of things moving, uh, keeping statuses on everything, keeping everybody abreast on where things are. Um, yeah, it's definitely, um, you know, just the, the mechanics of running a project is, is absolutely. You know, so, you know what, let's focus big. on that role. Yeah. Okay. First. And that's, you know, the, the project manager, mm -hmm. um, you know, currently in my job, in my, my day job, um, I feel like I act as a project manager at least as much as I act as a developer. And, and that's because I had a great boss who at one point said, I want you to have more exposure to the clients. And I want you to be able to talk to the clients. So you understand their requirements, you understand their needs. Um, so, you know, I'll be there, but you're going to be out front. Yep. And, you know, that, that made me the project manager. Now it was a project manager for a project that usually had one developer on it and one tester and one operations guy, and they were all me, but it, it was, it, you know, it was, that was really the first time that I was stepping forward as the liaison to the client. And that's yeah. a big thing because, you know, talking to the client is different than talking to other developers sometimes. Yeah. And it, and it can be challenging to try to say, okay, I'm, I'm down in the weeds talking tech and I need to then bring it up to a level where, you know, let me just sum up, right? Let me just kind of give you an overview of where things are but then bring those requirements and be able to, you know, bring them back to the team. Um, so yeah, there, there is a, a, a challenge, but it's, it's definitely, um, you know, with practice um, it, it, it becomes easier and yeah. it's, it's definitely a role that that's needed. Yes. And, you know, I think it's important that developers learn how to do that translation. Yeah. Cause it, it is kind of a translation in a lot of ways, it, you know, being able to say, here's the problem that I have. Here's the bug that I found. Here's the resource limitation that I have. How do I explain that to the next level up? And how do I explain that to the client? How do I explain that to the PM? Because the PM is not always going to be a technical person or yep. as technical as you in a way that they can explain it to the client. And that's critical for getting the resources that you need to keep going with the project. Right. Right. Or, you know, like this, this is a small problem. Well, you know, I'm working on it. It should be fixed today. This is a blocker. Uh, you know, these are the things that we've tried to do. This is, 
this is what I think we need to do next. Uh, and maybe who on you know some other team or at the client or something that we need to get this unblocked for us. But, you know, this is a big deal. Um, so, you know, being able to, you know, think through problems, kind of think, try to think of solutions around how to, you know, get past them, but then also realize, all right, we've done enough of that. We need to, to communicate clearly and, you know, at a stakeholder level, as opposed to a technical level, um, you know, what the problem is and what we need. Yep. No, exactly. And, you know, and these are things that the PM should be helping you with. Yep. Um, you know, but the PM is also responsible for things like budgeting, budgeting time, budgeting money, budgeting yep. other resources. You know, if, if you are going to need a tester, they should be the ones that are finding the, the right people to do the testing, the right facilities to do the testing. If you're going to need, you know, if you've got a testing and a, you know, a, a testing, a staging and a production environment, they need to understand that because they're the ones that are coordinating all of these things. Yeah. You know, so, so the PM, you know, we, we talk about what hats have, have I, you know, have each of us worn the PM needs to be, you know, needs to wear at least on some level, all of those hats. Yeah, no, I was going to say exactly. They need to know what's going on. Even if they're not technical, they need to know, or, you know, be able to, translate themselves or be able to ask the, the follow-up questions so that they they can take what they've heard and make sure that they can uh, relay that off. And, and sometimes that's a conversation with clarifying questions and, right. and, uh, and, and I, such. And I think that's a sign of a really good PM yeah. is that even if they don't understand the technical details, they understand enough to ask the right questions. And to ask the questions that may lead you towards a solution. Yep. You know, I've had PMs ask me, well, why is this so slow? I'm like, well, you know, there's, we've got resource constraints here and here and here. And they're like, well, if we added CPU to the database, will that speed things up? Are you sure you index the, the database in the right ways? What are, what is the, the analytics path for that? And, you know, when they start asking the right questions, you're like, oh, well, yeah, that's yeah. a really good question. Or, you know, I don't know, can we get a database expert in on this? Because yeah. we're using database resources that I'm, you know, I'm okay with, but can we get an expert? Yeah. And that's can we, where the- Can we get two hours of Sarah's time to come over here and look at this? Right. <laughs> you know, and a good PM knows when to ask those questions yeah. and how to ask those questions. You know, so and, and, yeah, and sometimes it's just needing to be phrased in the way of like, um, what do you need from me to, you know, what's or or even like, what's the, what would be the next thing that you would want to try, or you know, sometimes it's just helping you think through. Oh, right. okay, yeah. And also sometimes it's the PM acting as the as the the roadblock. You know, if if the customer says, "Well, I need to talk to your dev," the PM's like, "Well." My dev is heads down trying to solve your problem right now. Yeah. Talk to me, see what I can help you with. And maybe I'll take it to them when, when they come up for air. Yeah. You know, so sometimes they need to be the ones that are, you know, making sure you're getting the work done and doing whatever it takes to let you do that. Yeah. So yeah, PMs do an awful lot. They, and, they, they definitely do. <laughs> and it's funny because you talk to a lot of developers and they kind of poo-poo, 
you know, managers. Eh, they're just managing. How hard can that be? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, oh, no, man. It's, it can definitely be challenging. No, I, and, you know, and it, it's not easy. One yeah. of my first, uh, one, of, one, of, one of my biggest failures as a manager, and I, you know, I know we've talked about this on Voice Lunch in the past. One of my biggest failures as a manager was just kind of um, assuming that the people who were working for me had all the knowledge that I did and could just do it. You know, so I'm, you know, at, at one point, and this was in the early days of the web, uh, I was managing a project and the person assigned to me did not know anything about the web. And I just kind of said, oh, it's easy. You just do this, this, and this. And here, go look at, uh, at this documentation. And I kind of dismissed yep. their, their concerns and their needs. So I think one of the other big roles that, that managers need to do is make sure you are getting your personnel the training that you need. Right. And I think that's a responsibility for, um, you, know, you know, it could be all over the project, but like in the example of a, a developer, um, so a more junior developer, and they may be, they, they might know the technology, but they're new to voice. They might be new to, you know, uh, to the industry, uh, you know, so, but is to, to take the time to, to really mentor them. And, and, and sometimes, that is like explicitly saying it's okay that you don't know it all. It's it's fine. Don't you know if you hit a problem, then you know spend spend thirty minutes, spend an hour trying to figure it out. But then come with questions. There's no reason for you to to you know to spin on this because um, maybe there's just there's you know something that I can point you to, to yeah. or we can talk about it or something. And it's just it's just giving them an opportunity to to grow and start from where they're at and and just you know take the you know, patience and, and, and some, a little bit of extra time really uh, mm -hmm. to help them. No. And I think one of the most things that, you know, you can do when mentoring somebody else, if they come to you and say, I'm having, pro you know, this problem is okay, let's sit down and take a look at that together. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you could look at it and say, well, you know what, that's a tough problem. I don't know. Let's try to figure it out together. Cause it's, yeah. you know, it shows that you don't have all the answers but you're teaching them how to figure out how to solve those problems, how to figure out how to figure things out. Yeah. And that's so it's like, you know, what, what have you done already? What, what do you think the next thing would be? Or like, um, do you think we should try this next, this next, or this next? And then, you know, just kind of go through and give, uh, you know, give them a chance to, to think through it and talk through it and then try something. And, and for some reason you think, as a developer is like, oh, I know XYZ programming language. I've used, you know, I spent X number of hours. I spent, you know, thousands of hours writing JavaScript or something like that. I should know it all. Um, but every project and every, you know, situation's different. You rarely code the same thing over and over again. If you, if you do, then you try to find a framework that will make that part something that's really easy to do. And then, then you spend and then the rest you of your time doing learn the, something new, right? Yeah. The, then it's the, the other new things that you know, that's not covered. So, right. So, okay. So we talked about the PMs, we talked about developers a little bit and, and the importance of bringing up junior developers and our mentoring yeah. role as developers. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, we've talked a lot about designers in the past, yeah. but I think it's worthwhile to highlight that point is, you know, how much we do, 
need to be able to trust our designers and how much we need to make sure we can work with them and, and communicate with them. Yeah, and I think a sign of a healthy team is where you know people are able to do their strengths, um, but the team's not afraid to, if somebody's like walks into their territory. So like sometimes um, the, you know, the designer creates something and it looks good, you know, we're, and we start to implement it and then we hit something that's technical and we're like, what, I could do this? That would take, you know, three hours to code or I could do this, which would take me, you know, 30 hours to code. And in the end, this for the user, the, the difference isn't really going to be that much. Or it's like, okay, clarification, you know, what's more important? And so then you get the, you know, the product manager in and say, okay, we've got this, this situation here where what's higher priority, what, um, you know, what utterances are the more, more mm -hmm. important or what use cases or stories that we need to do. So, um, but then if you see something and you're, you, you have a suggestion, well, like maybe we should add these other, other utterances over here. Oh, that's a good idea. So it's kind of a give and take, um, you know, the teams that I've been on that have been in the end dysfunctional is like, oh, I am doing the architecture role. So I am designing this here, developer, here's the design. The, the very territorial like, ones. Yeah. The developer is like, okay, I code this here, tester, test this. And the tester's like, yeah, <laughs> here, user, <laughs> test, you know, so it's just, um, yeah. And, and, you know, and I, I have been on teams where it's been very, you know, you do not cross this line because this is not your domain. And and that's not a fun way to work because that's, that's really not a reality. Nobody is just 100% a programmer or just 100% a designer. There's, you know. Well, no, they're not. And I think part of the reason why not is because we need to understand the constraints that each that we mm -hmm. each have. You know, so so one of the things I think we've talked about before, and we certainly talked about it on uh, at, at Voice Lunch, is... Um, is making sure that the designer understands some of our constraints, some of how we're doing things. You know, yep. are we calling one API? Are we calling 10 APIs? Yeah. If we're calling 10, now we've got a time constraint. And we may need to talk about, well, okay, we can't fit that in. How can we adjust the conversation to do that better? Mm -hmm. Um, and sometimes it's, you know, we'll have results and we're like, you know, we have this additional information. Does it make sense to include that as part of the result? And yep. go back to the designers and say, here's what we have that's more than you asked for. Do we put it in? How do we put it in? Is it valuable or not? Um, yeah. You know, being, you know, so that, that, that conversation, if I may be so old. <laughs> yes. Wow. Um, is an important one. Yeah, and it's the situation is, is this something that's gonna be spoken and this additional information gonna be on a display only? Um, you know, when does it make sense if the display is this size versus the display is this other size? Um, if, is the information that we're getting back sanitized in some way? Do we have the phonemes to it or are we relying on text-to-speech? And if we're relying on text-to-speech, what could our problems be there? Yep. You know, so, so lots of things that can come up that Really, it's a it's a good dialogue between designer and developer. Yeah, and and you know, not only do we need to be concerned about you know what we know and kind of the constraints that other people are dealing with, and and um, at least understanding 
where their strengths are and, and maybe how you can um, add, add your strengths or your experience to their strengths to make something better. But overall, you need to, to keep in mind uh, what, what's good for the user. What's the, the person that's going to use this voice experience? Um, what's, what are they dealing with? What are, what are their concerns? Where are they going to be? Are they going to be at home? Are they going to be in a car? Are they going to be on a jog? Are they going to be, you know, what are, what, what's important to them? And that could really, you know, be completely different result based on, on, on the context of what the user is doing. No, exactly. I think that's, that's really important. And again, this is where communication with the the designer and communication with the PM and communication with the customer really come into play because the, the PM and customer should be the ones that understand What's the environment this is being used in? Yep. And and we shouldn't be developing in a vacuum. Yeah. So um, in in your experience, like who who is the person that is the advocate for the 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 user? Um, and I don't know, you know, what your you know, team size or your experience has been in the in the past, but the, I think I think there's multiple different answers. But I was just yeah. kind of wondering what uh, what you've experienced or what you've uh, seen. That's been a really good question. You know, I think back to um, to when I was in the military and some of the projects that I worked on there, in some ways I served as the advocate because I was, I was also the one that was kind of pushing the boundaries a little bit mm-hmm. in, in developing things. But there was always a PM who was the one who was keeping me in check, who was acting as the reminder of, look, this technology sounds cool and I know you want to do this, but it's not what they asked for. It's not how they're going to use it. You're trying to get in a feature that doesn't make any sense for the way they want to use it. Yeah. So, so scope creep can happen on the developer side of things and it can happen on the the customer. Like, I know this wasn't what we originally agreed to, but. (laughs) Right. Um, So thinking back to then, that was always the, the PM who was yeah. acting as the client advocate in that case. Um, in other cases, I have, you know, these days in my day job, I do have a, a keen sense of how a lot of the stuff that I'm using is being used. But I also know that my direct client knows that much better than I do because they yeah. have, they're not, they're not the ultimate client. They know who, you know, they're, they're making a service available to somebody else. Right. And they know how that somebody else works better than I do. So I rely on them a lot for giving me the feedback when they say, you know, here's what they're going to be doing, you know, or here's what they're seeing and running into on a daily basis. Right. How can we fix that? And I'm like, oh, well, that's a really good question because that wasn't what we were planning on. <laughs> well, and, and, and not to really, you know, highlight one uh, methodology over another, but um, on, on Scrum, you have somebody that is the product owner. And so when you've got a question that says, if we have a decision here and how does it affect the, the client or the, or the customer, right? Then, then you can go to the product owner and, they, and they'll be able to help you, you know, work through that, that, that question or that problem to, you know, to the uh, user's uh, you know, best satisfaction. But there's a lot that you can do, like um, the designers that we have here at Rain, 
they don't just do language model design. They don't just do graphic design. They, you know, some of our projects were able to get in and do a strategy session with the, the client. We're able to, to do some mock-ups and, and get with the users of, of the, you know, voice enabled mobile app or, or whatever it is. And, 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 you know, try some things out and get feedback and, and document that and how that lead our, our discussion and direction. And then as we're doing our conversational design, then we've got real user input and some things that we can fall back on to say, these were things that they liked and these were things that they didn't like and, and let that inform our decisions. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you something. In Rain, do you have a separate testing and QA group for, for all of your projects? Um, what we do a lot of the time is that the testing of the voice experience is usually something that uh, initially we do inside. So we, we go outside of our team and just say other people at Rain, uh, go ahead and test this. But then we get uh, people from our client um, and have them line up a group of people uh, because they're going to be the ones that know their you know, users yeah. better. Yep. And so, um, you know, there's, there's the, the testing that we do develop, during development, like on unit testing, there's the, I'm pushing it out to the you know, integration environment and I'm testing it and the designer's testing it and the PM's testing it to the, okay, now Rain internal is going to, you know, be available um, you know, pull some people in from there and test it and then I'll bring in the client to go ahead and test it. And then, then we'll get it out to, you know, certification or, or whatever we need to do after that. Yep. One of the things that's very common or was very common in the military when I did it is that we would have a completely separate testing group. Mm -hmm. And what they would do is it, it was interesting because they would bring in a completely different set of perspectives. You know, they will have read our design documentation. They will have read the problem specification. Mm -hmm. um, they will have read everything that talks about how something should be done. And then they'll come up with their own tests and tests mm -hmm. the, the product that we hand over to them. So in some ways we toss it over a wall because they've had very little exposure to the design and the development process but they have exposure to the requirements. So they're able to come up with their own testing against the product. And then they're the ones that say, well, you know, you said we were going to do this and I don't see how to do that here. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's when, you know, the designer and the developer go, Oh, uh, right. That. Um, oh, that's a, right. That's a, that's a gap. Oops. Right. Or, you know, <laughs> They will, they will test something and push it outside the parameters that are specified. And they'll say, well, you know, it broke. And we're like, well, you weren't supposed to do that. And they said, if I do oh. this 10 times and then do this over here, it breaks. And you're like, hmm. will somebody actually do that? I wouldn't have never have thought of that. Right. But, you know, in some cases, it might be a totally valid use case, but we right. just didn't think about it. Yeah. You know, I, you know, a good, you know, once again, it's a role that a lot of developers look down upon. Because they're like, I do unit testing. I, you know, I make I sure my, my code. It's uh, great. My code is good. <laughs> um, but it, it's really good to have somebody that can look at the big picture and say, okay, what can I do that's just a little strange? And well, and, the, and you kind of get this this experience over time of like, I, I wonder if we tested this. You know, it's kind of like you have this little yeah. bag of tricks like i'm going to test this over here oh nope that's a you know 
so, didn't validate so, this form field or <laughs> yeah so that kind of that kind of test team really really valuable yep. tough to do you know it's a it's a tough team to find and it's a tough job to fill but it's really valuable and and to be fair most of my testing is also you know all tested and handed off to uh, somebody else that knows the project relatively well not as well as yep. i do but relatively well and then hand it off to the client who again knows the project relatively well <laughs> um and that that's a lot of what what testing is yep and and you can you know you can do different variations you can have at the same time that you're writing the code and and working through um things you could have testers being you know creating the the test cases that would uh, test those things and you know, depending on how your you know your process is, um, there's usually an environment that you have to pass tests. Certain you know you know in order for it to go to this one environment, all the unit tests have to pass or to a certain threshold. And you know in order to go into this other environment, then these other tests have to work. You know before you finally get to the point of moving something to production. Mm -hmm. So we've talked about PMs and customers and designers, developers, and testers. Um, who else do you think we need to talk about? Oh my! Operations. So yeah, this is where it go, it's going to get embarrassing because there's 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 going to be somebody I forget and yeah, I know. and it's, it's just like no, no, I really do know that your job's important. <laughs> it's just I, you're over there doing it, and it doesn't inter, you know interface with me all that often. So, but. so there are two others that I think are important and really need to be be discussed here. Uh, the first is operations. Yep. You know, so so the folks that are keeping it running on a day-to-day -day basis. And this is one of those cases where I think, again, a lot of good communication needs to go on between the people who will run it and who are, or who are running it and the PM and the developer. Yep. Because there are things that we can put into development to make their lives troubleshooting things easier. Yeah, whether that's uh, logging or different uh, different frameworks that can check different things to um, you know, tools, CICD, you know, right? Tool <laughs> tools that let them you know change configuration parameters yep. or you know even in some cases just you know good coding practice like not yep. hard coding <laughs> database targets and passwords which you know Ooh. we've all seen. Yeah, but never I, done, but I've seen. No, right, right, right. Never done it. But, <laughs> you know, but but making things so that operations can take them and put them in a container or make it clear how something needs to, you know, the, the special settings where something needs to run. Yep. Uh, how to tune them. You know, if they're seeing performance problems, well, where do we tell them where to look first? Yeah. How do we scale this up? How do we, yeah, you know, how do we uh, solve for downtime in the cloud? Uh, oh, because that never happens. Oh. How many hours did that turn out to be? Uh, so, so we're, we're we are talking, I assume, about AWS's US East One being down. Yeah. So, like, what's in US East One except for most of Everything. my stuff? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it was that was a good. Eight hours at least. It seemed like it, yeah. Actually, it was it was more than that, all told. I think so. Yeah, it was it was a good chunk of the day. So yeah, you know what what do you do 
if something's failing, where do you start to look? <laughs> where, where are we logging things? Where have we, you know, where have we set up the configuration for you to change where we're logging things? Yep. So yeah, lots of things that as developers, I think we need to be aware of operations and what their needs are. Yeah, yeah, because it's just getting the code written isn't the end, and that's no. Just just a program running in your staging environment does nothing for your customers or clients, right? <laughs> it's the this is running from day to day, right? Twenty four seven, whatever it is. Um, Day in, right. day out. So. And, and again, that goes back to thinking about the users. Yeah. And I think this, this is the final role that I tend to think about a lot is the, the help desk or the equivalent. Yeah. Is, you know, this program, you know, wh whatever we've just done, we assume it's going to have a long life. We'd like it to have a long life. And, mm -hmm. you know, and several updates. And here's where the help desk or the equivalent, again, yep. needs to be able to talk to the PM and the designers and the developer and say, here's where people are having problems. Here's yeah. the features that people need. Yeah, so here's a feature, um, you know, it could take a couple months to get. Uh, this is a hot fix that we need to get done immediately. Here's what a lot of users are seeing. Hey, developer, why is this happening? And what can we tell them? Do we have a workaround? Should yeah. we tell them to use the workaround or will that cause more problems down the road? <laughs> yep. You know, so, so it's an important role. And again, I don't, I think far too often we forget about that role. Yeah. It's, it's really the whole, you know, from getting the project or beginning, you know, the, the product to the you know, strategy, the design, the development, the testing, the, maintenance the support there's just it's just a whole um life cycle of what right. uh you know and and you know, no matter how many hats that you wear you typically don't wear all of them you're usually kind of somewhere in the middle um doing your thing and it's important to understand the whole thing i don't yes. know maybe maybe you've got a more experience where your projects are well, uh, my I, I work for a small company so these days i'm doing an awful lot of those hats. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's, it's definitely definitely different if it's uh, a small company, a big company, a yeah. startup, whatever. You know, and it and it depends on the projects and the relationship that you have with the you know with either the the customer or the direct end user or yeah. you know it depends a lot on those kinds of relationships and the support that you have within your own company. Yeah, because you know your success as a business really is about the relationships that you're able to make and to maintain. And yep, um, yeah. So any any other major roles that you can think of to the the, and, and there are plenty of other roles. I'm know. sure there are, and I think uh, you know, we'll 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 get get feedback from our users, and we'll decide if there's another topic uh, that we'll cover some other Absolutely. roles in the so, future. So as always. <laughs> You folks can give us feedback either in the YouTube comments or you can find us on Twitter. And, um, you know, if you've got further questions or if there's something you'd like us to elaborate, uh, we can certainly take it up on a future episode of Two Voice Devs. Two Voice Devs. Take care, Alan. Take care, Mark. Have a good weekend. Yep, you too.